Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Believe in Oakland A's podcast. I'm your host, Ben Ross. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. We got a good one coming up for you. Spoke with Martin Gallegos, the A's beat reporter for MLB.com. Got into uh, a whole lot of the offseason questions the A's face, some of the free agent decisions they're still going to have to make, and chatted about last week's virtual winter meetings. I'll tell you what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try not to be too negative on this episode, but I, I got to say it's not looking great as far as uh, the A's bringing back some of these uh, key free agents. I think we all know Liam Hendricks is gone, but now it's starting to look like Marcus Simeon is in that same boat, which... Let's face it, that's really, really disappointing if you're an A's fan. That's a guy who uh, is one of the best shortstops in the game, both with the bat and the glove. He's a local guy from the Bay Area, uh, a team leader. Really disappointing if he does end up leaving, which it, it certainly seems like he's going to. Susan Slusser of the San Francisco Chronicle even noted that uh, the A's might not even make him an offer because they don't want to insult him with a low ball offer. And obviously the, there is a pretty good market for him out there from other teams, but I, you know what, if that's the case, that's just embarrassing. And I'm not, I, I can't sugarcoat it. You know, I've talked about John Fisher, the owner of this team, and it's embarrassing. I, I don't know how he's not embarrassed. He should sell. Clearly he has no interest uh, in the team. I won't go off too much into that tangent. Uh, suffice it to say, it, it would certainly be disappointing to lose Marcus Simeon. And then, you know, Tommy Lestella is the other uh, key free agent I think that the A's really need to re-sign, especially if they let Simeon go. And I guess there's still a, a chance of that. You know, what I'm hearing is it's still early in the process. The, the market's still not quite set yet. I think a lot of it will uh, be based on what DJ LeMahieu gets, uh, the, the Yankees' second baseman. You know, I, I know they've still got a good core, and that's one of the things David Forrest talked about at the winter meetings uh, last week. Actually, let's listen to that right now. Here's David Forrest talking about the core of players that the A's do have returning. We focused a lot on, you know, the guys that are here, the team that is returning, and, and you know, how just how good of a foundation that is. I mean, obviously, with, uh, with the corner infielders, with, you know, Murphy and, and Laureano up the middle, Canna, Piscotti, Pinder, I mean, you've got a really good position player foundation still here. Um, and you have a, you know, essentially a full rotation as well coming back. I mean, AJ's doing great. Um, and we expect when you, you know, count him along with, you know, Montes, Lazardo, Bassett, and Manaya, you have a, you have a, you know, a really good rotation on paper. So um, our internal conversations have been focused a lot on, on, what we have returning, um, you know, it's not a secret that a number of guys left via free agency and, and we have to figure out how to fill those holes. But, um, but I think our focus has been on the guys that are here, you know, uh, Chad, Kemp, Machine, you know, guys that can play a number of spots. So there's, um, there's some, you know, there's a really good foundation here to start with. So again, just, you know, reading between the lines there, I'm not all that optimistic they're going to bring back a ton of their uh, 10 free agents. I guess it's down to nine now with Mike Miner uh, already signing with the Royals. But again, the big three 
Listella, Simeon, and Hendricks. And, you know, speaking of Liam Hendricks, he was so valuable as a closer. So the big question will be now who, who replaces him as the A's closer next season. Uh, David Forrest also giving a little insight there as well. I think we're open uh, to whatever the options end up being. I mean, Jake certainly pitched well enough last year to, uh, to pitch at the end of the game if, uh, if need be. So uh, I'd have to say he's an option. Um, but beyond that, I think, uh, I think that conversation will go into February and March with Bob and Emo and figure out uh, you know, what's realistic to do. But yeah, we're a long, way away, a long ways away from narrowing this down to a closer conversation. I don't mind the idea of Jake Diekman uh, as the A's closer. Look, he throws hard. He's got nasty stuff. He was terrific last year, only gave up one run the whole regular season. We'll have much more coming up in a moment when we talk to Martin Gallegos. But first, we want to remind you about betonline.ag. The NFL season is in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can be in on the action at BetOnline. Actually, not just football up there on BetOnline right now. You got some good baseball future bets, including what will the Cleveland Indians' new name be? Probably heard the news that the Cleveland baseball team will no longer be known as the Indians. That is great news and well overdue. But now the question is, what will they be known as? Some of the options listed here. The favorite is Spiders at plus 200. Cleveland baseball team is next at plus 400. I personally like the Cleveland Wild Things at plus 1,200. Little little major league there. And also at plus 1,200, Cleveland Rocks. Couldn't go wrong with either of those. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Well, our guest this week is the A's beat reporter for MLB.com. We're so excited to welcome Martin Gallegos to the Believe in Oakland A's podcast. Martin, thank you so much for joining. How are you? Hey, Ben. I'm good, man. Good to see you again. Um, been good. You know, just going along this slow off season, just kind of waiting, waiting around for things to happen. You know, but um, I think we're getting pretty close. You know, with uh, the new year coming in, hopefully. You know, start to see free agency pick up a little more, um, trades happening. Um, you know, we just had the Rule 5 drafts. There was some there was some news there. But, um, you know, just basically a typical offseason, really, um, which is actually kind of nice after the what's been going on with the pandemic and everything. Yeah. Oh, well, obviously, as you said, not a normal offseason, but still, I'm sure uh, when it's as busy as it is for beat writers during the season, as I know it is, uh, it must be nice to have a little bit of a slower time in the offseason. I'm just kind of curious, what is the offseason like for you? I mean, I know that the job never really stops. There's always news throughout the offseason. But are you able to kind of get some time away from baseball, do some other things? Yeah. You know, I mean, usually I, usually for, you know, the offseason, I've been going, you know, on vacation and trying to, you know, go to like Mexico or something. But obviously this year that hasn't been the case. Um, trying to do, you know, as much outdoor stuff as I could as, on a distance. Um, you know, a lot of hiking. I mean, I, I've seen more places in the barrier, places that I never knew existed. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's been cool. You know, my girlfriend's been, you know, kind of finding places to go to. So that's been fun. Um, you know, just as much as we can, you know, um, watching football, um, you know, San Jose State Spartans are doing really good. So I've been watching that recently, the Mountain West Championship game. So that's been cool. Kind of just, you know, kind of normal stuff. I mean, I've always just been a sports junkie. So just watching sports and 
you know, sitting around, you know, I got my phone with me at all times because you never know when, when baseball news could drop, obviously. Yeah, exactly right. And I wanted to ask you about San Jose State because, as you mentioned, you, you went there. And what a season for the Spartans, 6-0. and uh, I think this was like the first time since 1939 or something like that that they've been 6-0 and to start yeah. a season and now go into their first ever Mountain West title game. Uh, actually, I, I know there's a lot of San Jose State people in the, you know, in Bay Area sports media here, and I, I'm seeing it on Twitter, all the pride. I'm a Cal guy myself, but I've sort of jumped on the bandwagon, yeah. too, just because it's been such a fun team to watch. What, what's this been like for you uh, cheering on your Spartans this year? It's, it's been a fun story, man, you know, especially, I mean, I, you know, I, I was covering San Jose State for a while, not too long ago, and I mean, that, that team was, it was in pretty rough shape, you know, it was, uh, you know, a lot of new faces, and um, it seemed like, you know, there was no hope, but um, this year has been crazy. I mean, nobody expected this to go undefeated this late into the season. So it's been a fun turnaround and especially in a year where, you know, so many bad things have happened. It's, it's, it's cool to have a, a positive story coming out like that, you know, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. We need any positive stories that we can in, in 2020 and San Jose state and coach Brennan have certainly been that. So we'll be, uh, we'll be watching the mountain West title game against Boise state on Saturday. It's funny. I mean, it's too bad, you know, this of all years, they can't, not only do they not have fans, they can't even play it at home because of uh, the, the Santa Clara County order. So they're going to play it in Las Vegas, which they did last week, too, uh, when they beat Nevada. But still an unbelievable story there. All right. Well, as far as baseball goes, uh, you know, before I really get into it, you know, a little bit more about the offseason. And, and I know last week uh, it was supposed to be the winter meetings. And of course, because of the pandemic, they had to cancel the in-person winter meetings this year. And, and it kind of went virtual. What was that like? I mean. Was that just, did that end up being sort of just a normal week for you or were, were there things that you did virtually that were kind of exciting or provided more information? Yeah, it was more, it was more just, um, it was kind of a normal week. I mean, I would, I would, you know, make, sit, make time to, you know, you know, kind of make office hours for myself to make sure I'm just dedicated to whatever's going on. Um, the A's didn't do a whole lot of th stuff at the winter meetings, but um, we had, you know, calls with David Forrest and um, Dan Feinstein, the A's assistant GM. So we were, we were, uh, you know, made available some of the A's um, front office people to talk to. And I think we're going to talk to Bob Melvin this week, actually, to kind of do an aftermath thing about the rule, uh, rule five draft and the winter meetings in general. So um, it's been different. It's obviously not the same as winter meetings. Um, obviously the winter meetings for me is more, you know, kind of a way to uh, make contacts with agents and, and just build those, you know, connections. And so that's, that's been the tough part about not having it this year was, you know, I was looking forward to that, but um, just, you know, you, do the best you can with it and uh, wait around for news um, and trying to, you know, just stay in contact with as many, many people as I can um, via email and, you know, zoom calls, whatever I can do, but um, it's certainly different. I mean, I, w I wish we could have had winter meetings could have been in Texas, but obviously, you know, there's more, more pressing things going on right now, but um, you know, you hope soon things get back to normal. For sure. Well, you know, looking at the A's and I don't want to be too negative here, but, you know, I, I think a lot of fans are disappointed. I know I'm disappointed with, with how it's looking like things will go as far as the free agents. Um, you know, it, this whole off season was going to be tough to predict, I think for all teams because of the pandemic. And, and I know it's affected all of these owners, bottom lines. And I was hoping, and I think a lot of A's fans were hoping that, that they would resign Marcus Simeon and, you know, that's looking like a long shot. If that at this point, I mean, I think it's starting to look like he's completely gone. Uh, is that what you're hearing? And how disappointing is that for, for an A's team that's on the rise to lose one of their 
not just a leader, but a local guy, you know, a guy from the Bay area who's so good in the community. What are your thoughts on Marcus and, and are you hearing those same things that he's probably moving on? Yeah. You know, it seems that way, which is unfortunate. I mean, um, you know, I wouldn't completely rule it out yet. Him coming back to the A's, but at this point, like you said, I think it's a long shot. Um, I, I know, I know he has some offers out there. I, I just, a matter of kind of waiting it out until the new year comes in. Um, you know, what those offers are, the, the particulars, I'm not entirely sure, but, you know, I don't know if the A's could match any of those offers. Um, and based on, you know, just talks that we have with, you know, people, you know, within the organization and, and people close to him, it, it, you kind of get the feeling that, you know, it, it's, it's pretty much foregone conclusion that he's gone, which is, which is tough because like you mentioned, all those things that, that Marcus brings to the table, even aside from the baseball field, just being a leader, in that clubhouse. I mean, truly, you know, when the A's started their, their turnaround to, you know, go into the postseason, you know, last three years, it kind of started with him being that, that, uh, you know, leader in the clubhouse and his, his work ethic pretty much rubbed off on all those young guys. I mean, you saw Matt Olson, Matt Chapman, Chad Pinder come up. Um, they all learned from him. They all kind of, you know, followed him and, and followed his, his lead and um, all that, all, you know, extra work they put in, you know, before the game, after the game, um, it, it's all a, a product of him. They, they watched him and, and, and see his day-to-day -day routines. And, um, you know, he's helped mold, mold, the, mold the attitude in that whole clubhouse. So, I mean, to lose a guy like that, it, it's, it's tough because, you know, the, the value that he brings, you know, the A's value him more than any other team because, you know, he's already been around there and then he's, he's kind of helped build this thing. So, I mean, whoever you bring in to replace him, you know, you might be able to, to replace the, the production on the field. But, I mean, it's going to be tough to do that as well. But especially in the clubhouse, it's, it's tough to replicate that because, you know, the guy's been around. He's the longest tenured guy on that club right now. So, yeah. um, you know, for this at the same time, for, for Marcus personally, you know, he, he's earned the right to, um, you know, get as big of a contract as he, as he can. You know, it's his first time going through free agency. So, um, you know, he, you know, I don't think he owes the A's a hometown discount or anything like that, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough situation because, you, you know, he seems like the, the perfect Oakland A, just being a hometown guy and what, what he does in the community. It's going to be tough to lose a guy like that, but um, it, it seems like as of this point, unless something drastically changes, you know, he'll be probably playing baseball elsewhere in 2021. Are you surprised they didn't at least offer him the qualifying offer? You know, I go back and forth on that. You know, I don't, I don't know because um you know obviously you look at what he did last year um and the numbers weren't great he was playing through a lot of injuries I think that's one thing that a lot of people don't really know is not only was he playing with injuries he had some personal stuff going on you know with the pandemic and everything it, it's it was a tough year for everybody so a lot I think a lot of players cases you got to kind of throw the regular season stats out the window last year because it was, it was tough it was something that they never dealt with before and, you know you saw what he did in 2019 so I, I, I thought, you know, if there was one guy they were going to offer the qualifying offer, you know, between him and Hendricks was kind of, you know, what are they going to offer either of these guys? One, I thought Simeon would have been the more appropriate one just because of all that value that he brings to the team. But, you know, they didn't. And a lot of guys, a lot, a lot, there's a lot of guys throughout the league that it was kind of surprising that didn't get the qualifying offer. There's only a few guys that did. So, yeah. um, in, that, in that aspect, it kind of doesn't surprise me, I guess, after all. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Liam Hendricks and, and you know, that's another guy. I think from the beginning of the offseason, we knew that he was going to be gone. Uh, it, you know, I was hoping that, that maybe Marcus Simeon would come back. And as you said, you know, there might still be an outside chance, but uh, you know, for Liam Hendricks, first of all, I think everyone echoes the sentiment that he deserves whatever he gets. I mean, one of the, get, one of the best guys I've ever met, just a nice guy works hard. W what a story from being DFA to becoming one of the best closers in baseball. And he's really earned uh, you know, the, the, 
the choice that he has to go wherever he wants uh, and, and probably get a big contract. Uh, I'm curious about what that means for the A's bullpen next year. Um, we heard David Forst uh, it, during the winter meeting say that, you know, Jake Diekman may be a guy who's in the running to be the closer. And obviously, you know, Jake had an amazing year last year. I think he only gave up one run the whole uh, regular season. So what, what do you think? Do you think Diekman would be uh, the leader in the clubhouse or, you know, the best bet to be the closer? And um, how much does it hurt losing a guy like Liam Hendricks? Uh, I mean, well, it's tough to lose a guy like that. I mean, I mean, you're talking about um, arguably the best closer the last two years in baseball. So, um, you know, it's going to hurt. Um, and yeah, it does seem like he's pretty much gone. I mean, it, it, based on talking to him, I mean, more, more than Simeon, it seems like, you know, pretty much no chance there. Just there's going to be so many offers for that guy. And again, he, another guy who's earned it. I mean, after, like you mentioned, what he did, went through with getting DFA'd and all that, he really transformed his career. I mean, he, he seemed like he was on the brink. I remember people were asking him if he even wanted to, if he thought he was going to get another chance. He wasn't so sure he would get another chance. And now to be in this position, you know, great for him. But for the A's bullpen, um, you know, Diekman, I think certainly with the track record that he has and, and the experience, he would be, you know, I think a really good candidate. But at the same time, I think he's one of those guys that could be maybe better off if you just left him in that setup role because he's been so good at that role. I mean, some guys you see, you know, when they get elevated from setup to closer, it's just it's a different dynamic and it's tough to adjust to that. He might be one of those guys. I'm not sure yet. I think maybe in spring training, you know, um, you see how that how that dynamic kind of works out. And yeah, I think they have a couple of guys that could, you know, possibly be dark horse candidates. I mean, I know Lou Trevino, there's been, you know, a lot of talk about him kind of, you know, what happened since his rookie year. He hasn't been that great. But you look at last year, I thought second half, he really, really was starting to show signs of a turnaround. Um, and he's got that stuff that just, you know, the prototypical closer stuff that you could envision him being the ninth inning guy. Same thing with Jordan Weems, a guy who hasn't had a a ton of opportunities, but he's got that, that nasty fastball. And um, I think he could be another candidate as well. Um, I'm sure they're going to go out and sign a couple guys. I, if there's one area that the A's always seem to target in free agency, um, even when they don't spend a lot of money, though, they seem to, you know, be okay with, you know, handing out a little bit larger deals to relievers. You saw with Joaquin Soria, who's a free agent now. Um, they signed him to a pretty, pretty uh, a lucrative contract um, for their standards and pitch on the, on the bullpen side a couple years ago. And, um, you know, they got, you know, Petit's a free agent, Sorry's a free agent, McFarland. So they're going to have to, you know, bring in some guys at, at some point. I mean, I don't think you can just rely on bringing up guys from your from your minor league system. As good as, you know, the depth they have down there, they got to bring in a couple veteran guys, I think, whether that's re-signing a guy like Petit or Soria or, or bringing in another veteran. You're going to bring in some guys. So I think it's still up in the air as far as closing. I don't think there's any – I think, you know, Diekman might be the leader in the clubhouse right now, but I don't think there's a – there's that's set in stone. I think that's something that's still – ways from being determined and David Forrest mentioned the same thing obviously there's a long way to go I mean even when we get to spring training there's still a long way to go until the season and you're right I mean I don't think that's set in stone by any means but it is interesting to think about and some of the guys you mentioned certainly good candidates too uh, you brought up Joaquin Soria Yusmero uh, Petit and TJ McFarland the other three relievers that are free agents for the A's what do you think as far as the chances any of those guys return I mean the way that I was looking at it with Soria and Petit, I didn't expect both to return, but I was hoping maybe the A's would bring back one. Do you think there's a possibility of that? I think so. I think I think they'd be crazy not to, you know, entertain the thought of bringing back a guy like Petit. I mean, he's arguably the best reliever in the baseball the last years. I feel like certainly the most underrated. It's crazy how the guy keeps going under the radar and what, what he's able to do for this team. I mean, it's incredible. So I think anything you give him he's going to be worth it for sure. Just, I mean, he's so valuable and Bob Melvin loves him. 
Um, I think I think there's a strong case that he could come back. I, I know he's got uh, interest from other teams out there right now, but I think the A's certainly have to be among those teams. Um, Soria, that one's a little bit different because I mean you you don't you kind of don't know what you're going to get with him. He's, he is getting a little bit older, and, and he had a he had a great bounce back here last year after a career worst year. I think a couple of years ago he bounced back really nicely last year. But I think he I think he might go elsewhere. He's probably going to get some good offers, and I think the A's feel like they have some guys who can kind of fill in that role. Um, that he that he filled, but the the role of Petit that one's tough. You can't you can't really find a guy who can who can do all the things that he can do. So I think he's at the top of that list. I think you know I've told people this. I think between Lastella and Yusmero Petit, I think those are the two guys that I would think are at the top of the A's wish list in terms of wanting to resign realistically. Obviously, they'd like to bring back guys like Simeon and Hendricks, but Lastella and Petit, those seems like two guys that make sense that they can afford and they're going to be worth it no matter what you give them most likely. Yeah, I completely agree. And like you said, Petit, I mean, they just pitch him in every possible role. The guy is a machine. You know, he, you can, he, he's always near the top of the league in appearances. Uh, he's consistent. Like you said, I think he would be really uh, valuable to bring back. And then, yeah, you led me right into my next one with Tommy LaStella. We know how much uh, the A's management really liked him. I mean, I, I know Bob Melvin loved him. I know David Forrest and Billy Bean were saying that they really enjoyed his time in Oakland and, and why not? I mean, I think he really brought an element uh, that the A's didn't have in, in a guy who with a low strikeout rate got on base a lot. You mentioned him as maybe a realistic possibility to come back. How important do you think that is, particularly if Simeon leaves to not have to replace, you know, your entire middle infield? Yeah, it's big. I think you got you you want to bring one of those guys back at least, um, for sure. And based on you know, I mean, it seems like by all accounts they love Lestel and they fell in love with him even more the more he played with the A's. Um, certain things, I think I remember Dave, what David Force said right after the season really sticks out that you don't really appreciate the player he is until you see him every day, you know, first up close look. And um, he just seems to bring that you know professionalism and and being a left-handed bat. The A's don't have a lot of left-handed hitters. And he's so consistent. You know what you're going to get out of him every day at that top of the lineup. You can just stick him up there and don't have to worry about him. Um, and he kind of reminds me, you know, I mean, Mark, Ace fans remember Mark Ellis. He, he's kind of like that type of player, I feel like, just consistent every day. Yeah. And you don't find those guys a lot in baseball. So um, it, would, it would be big if they could bring him back, especially if Marcus Simeon is gone, um, just to kind of bring more stability to second base. Because they have, you know, a couple guys who – can fill in at second base. Um, Chad Pinder is more of a super utility guy. I think I, I don't see them giving him one position next season. It just seems like they they really love him in that super utility role. Hopefully he can get more playing time um, all around the infield and outfield, but I think he'll definitely be that super utility guy and female machine and Tony Kemp did, did well at times last year um, filling in, but I think definitely if you have a chance to bring back Listella, I think, there's no no chance. I mean, no uh, no question that you want to bring that guy back because he's just such a such a consistent force at the top of the lineup. Yeah, I completely agree. All right, a, a few more guys here. The A's, as we know, a, a ton of free agents to make decisions on. Uh, another guy who I think, you know, under the radar is a is a really valuable player was Robbie Grossman, particularly last year. He he ended up being one of the more consistent hitters on the team last season. Uh, what do you think the likelihood is that they bring a guy like Robbie Grossman back? And if they don't, do they have to go out and get someone else to replace him? Or do they feel like they have enough depth in the outfield that they can let him go? Well, the outfield is, I think, definitely one of us, one of the spots where the A's can lose a guy and, and be okay. I think as, as good as Robbie Grossman was, he was, I mean, the first half of last year, he was their MVP, I think, without question. 
Um, but you look at who they have, Luis Barrera is very highly thought of. Um, Seth Brown hasn't really gotten a chance yet, but he's shown in flashes that he could be really good. And the guy they just got in the Rule 5 draft, Kai, Kai Tom, mm-hmm. um, seems like they're, they're going to want to give him a chance in spring training to see what he can do. And he's another corner infield type left-handed hitter. So, um, you know, I think those are kind of strong signals that they probably won't make a big push to bring back Grossman. If they could get him on a, on a, on a team-friendly deal, I think they would bring him back. But based on what the season he had last year, I think there's going to be teams out there that would love to have him. And I mean, the OPS he put up, it seems like he's, he was driving the ball a lot more last year with more, for more power to get more extra base hits. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's earned a chance to get um, a little bit more of a playing time next year, because if he comes back to the A's, he's going to be in a platoon role for sure with somebody, whether it's Mark Canna or Piscotti out there in right. And I think based on the season he had last year, there's going to be some team out there willing to give him you know, an everyday role in left field. And I think, for him, that would be, I think, a really important thing for him. So um, I think the likelihood of him coming back is probably probably a little bit lower than the other guys we talked about. But um, he certainly has positioned himself well to get a, a good good chance somewhere next year. Definitely makes sense. Yeah. All right. I uh, want to get to the, the starting pitching. And I think that, you know, that certainly is, is a place where the A's have a lot of young talent, as we know, with guys like Jesus Lazardo. Uh, and AJ Puck, if he can, if he can be healthy, it sounds like he's doing well, uh, recovering from his latest injury, but you know, then you've got guys like Frankie Montas and, and Sean Manaya, Chris Bassett, who had a fantastic year last year. Uh, basically all of this is to say, w- what do you think the chances are that they would bring a guy like Mike Fires back? I think it depends on, on how, what type of deal they could get with Fires. If they could get a, you know, a short-term deal, maybe, maybe a one-year deal and he wants to try to, you know, boost his value for for next season maybe they could do that um i'm not sure what the interest is going to be for fires i mean it's kind of tough to judge year he had last year he, he was he wasn't bad but he wasn't you know the fires that we saw a couple of years ago as well so um i think if they don't bring back fires i think they would for sure bring in some type of veteran type pitcher whether it's on a minor league deal or a one-year deal i think it's always important to have that presence at least for spring training you know to kind of you know not that these guys are, you know, rookies. I mean, Frankie Montas and Sean and I have been around for a little while now. And, you know, they kind of have stepped up as leaders as well for guys like Luzardo and, you know, Bassett's been around a little bit too. But um, you can never, it never hurts to have too much starting pitching depth, especially veteran type um, pitchers. So whether it's Mike Fires or, you know, another free agent starter, you know, kind of a, a veteran who's been around a little bit, who, you know, knows, knows the deal here and, and knows, you know, what his role is, is, you know, kind of being a mentor to young guys. I think they'll bring some type a veteran in here because they've got plenty of depth with you know when you count puck and then you know caprillion holmes and and uh dalton jeffries right plenty of guys who could who could fill in the top five spots but maybe you bring in a guy who can kind of help mentor you know through spring training and you know maybe kind of recapture recapture their magic for one year the a's obviously have a great uh history of finding these guys who uh, maybe were having down years a couple years ago and they come into oakland and they pitch in that nice, you know, spacious ballpark with the foul ground and they boost their value again. You saw with Edwin Jackson, Mike Fires, all these guys, you know, they seem to kind of rejuvenate themselves. So I wouldn't be surprised if they bring in some type of veteran guy. It might not be Mike Fires, but it'll be some type of veteran pitcher, I think. Well, and as you said, they certainly have the track record there and that's that's a pretty good pitch if you've got, you know, if you're trying to sign a, a veteran pitcher who's maybe trying to get his career back on track, you just point to some of the guys that you mentioned and say, look at, you know, look at what you have the opportunity to do uh, at the Coliseum with our coaching staff, maybe uh, leads to a bigger contract in the next off season. All right, let's play worst case scenario here again, not to be too negative, but I, you know, I, I'm just, 
the one thing that I do think, I know a lot of A's fans are disappointed in the potential that, you know, Marcus Simeon, Liam Hendricks, and maybe Tommy LaStella all leave, but let's say they do. How good can this team be anyway? Just because, you know, when you look at the young talent they have, and I know that's something David Forrest was stressing last week. He wanted to focus on the guys that they do have, the, the Matt Chapmans and Matt Olson and Ramon Laureano and Sean Murphy. And that's not even to mention all the young starting pitchers we talked about. If they do lose their big three free agents, do you think the A's could still be a playoff team next year? Yeah, without a doubt. I think that's important to remember. I mean, they still have a really good young core coming back. Um, the whole, I mean, Matt Chapman and Matt Olson are your pillars. And then your starting rotation, I think, is still going to be really good. Um, you know, the bullpen might need a little bit of restructuring, but, um, you know, the A's seem to find year in and year out the pieces to make a bullpen work. So, um, you know, those, those factors are there. And you look at the rest of the division. I mean, the Rangers just traded Lance Lynn. The Astros have a lot of free agents that are going to probably be leaving. George Springer seems like he's going to go elsewhere. Um, you know, who knows what the other free agents that they have. The Mariners are a, are a fun up-and-coming team, but it doesn't seem like next year is their year to kind of make that push to playoff team yet. And, you know, the Angels, I mean, unless they get starting pitching and they're just kind of that same team over and over again, no matter how many bats they add to that lineup. So I, I think the A's still, I mean, regardless of who they bring back in free agency, I mean, you still have a good core that you feel good about possibly, you know, winning the division again or at least getting into the playoffs for sure. Because there's still, I mean, so much talent on this team. And, I mean, you don't you don't sneak into the, to the, to the playoffs, you know, by accident, you know, the last three years without having a young core that they've built up. So while you may lose a couple of key pieces, there's still plenty of plenty of talent on this team to to make another playoff run, I think. Well, Martin, thank you so much for coming on the Believe in Oakland Days podcast. Really appreciate it. Thank you for sharing some insight and uh, enjoy the rest of the offseason. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Ben. It's good to talk to you again, man. Hopefully, uh, hopefully better times come. We can see each other soon. Always good catching up with Martin, one of the Fun guys who covers the A's, again, for MLB.com. You can follow him on Twitter, at Martin J. Gallegos. We appreciate him taking the time to share some of his knowledge and insight as we progress here through the offseason. And we'll see if the free agent market starts to heat up here in the coming days and weeks. You can follow me on Twitter as well, at Ben Ross Tweets. And we hope you'll continue to download and subscribe to the Believe in Oakland A's podcast. You can find us wherever you get your pods. We'll have one more new episode before the new year, Tuesday, December the 29th. And that is when we will talk to you next. Thanks for tuning in to this episode and we will talk to you in a couple weeks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.